Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with former Marine, business owner, best-selling author, and motivational speaker, Michael Botts. He imparts a profound message centered on resilience. Falling down is allowed, getting up is required. He shares this mantra with diverse audiences and clients, drawing from his rich life of experiences as a United States Marine, a devoted father of four, and a seasoned business owner of two decades. Through his own epic failures, Michael has crafted a potent success formula that empowers his clients to achieve their goals holistically, encompassing spirit, soul, and body. He's a great interview. Enjoy. Hey, Michael. Hey, Joe. What's up? Man, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad. I've just got lots of energy. I'm excited, man. I love it. I got to see your, um, it's an ad where you're going from the neon jazz to the famous interviews kind of ad thing. I love the music. I love the voiceover. It was brilliant. I really loved it. Thank you, man. I totally appreciate that. I love your work, man. I can't wait to dig into the layers of who you are and where are you located now? I'm in Alexander, Virginia. Okay, wonderful. I'm in Kansas right City. But, what's that? Oh, Kansas City. I'm yeah. from Kansas originally. Are you really? Where at? Independence, Kansas. Okay, right on. Right straight, straight south of you. Yeah. Hey. Well, hey, man, it's great to meet you. And before we get into your beginnings in Kansas and everything about your life, I want to know the last three and a half years living through a pandemic has been quite a thing. How did you yes. get through that? And how has it changed you now that we're kind of in this post-pandemic period? Well, I feel like during the pandemic, you know, being a former Marine, you know, you know how to adapt and overcome. It's kind of the theme of what they give you in your essence, you know. And growing up in Kansas, you know, around farms, living in a small town. So I would, I think I had a mentality of adapt and overcome. So I did a lot of meditation. I love meditation. So any chance I got, I would meditate, you know, connecting with people. I love this, but I need physical touch and I need hugs and stuff like that. That's my personality. So, you know, getting with my kids and this, you know, trying to honor six feet and also get a hug, you know, that this is this dilemma that you're going through. And then the other thing that I'm, I'm really, it was a great evolution for me is to honor everybody's belief. Yeah. You know, however you're dealing with it, I just want to honor that and see how I can support you in that. And that helped me evolve my empathy, my compassion, my um, no judgment. You know, I try to live out of an, uh, an arena of no judgment. And so you know, when the guy pulls up with the super loud music, I have no judgment about that. I'm happy that he loves music. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not offended that he's in my space for that moment because I know that it's going to stop at some point. So, you know, when you're standing in this store and someone's offended that you're not wearing a mask, I'm like, oh, my God, I need to, you know, give them space. I need to honor that, you know, or when you're wearing a mask and someone else is is coughing, I need to honor that and try to respect that and still feel respected too, you know? So that's, that's kind of where I, where I, where I land in that question. That's so well said. So I want to get to the essence of what you do for a living. So I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third grade students. Okay. It, it's career day at an elementary school. And one of the kids says, Hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? Okay. Wow. I just got coached on this. So I'm excited to share this with you. <laughs> um, well, when you're in third grade, you're right at this cusp. Before third grade, you guys totally believed your I am enough. That's how you learn to walk. That's how you learn to talk. That's how you learn to eat. You didn't worry about rejection. You didn't worry about what everybody else thought. When you were falling down and Big Brother was walking, you didn't care. 
You didn't lay awake at night worrying that you weren't going to walk, talk, or eat. You just the next day attacked it. But right at third grade, you start to worry about what everybody else thinks. It starts to come on you. Oh, they're rejecting me. Oh, they're judging me. Oh, they don't like what I'm wearing. Oh, they have nicer stuff than me. So you start. And then with the highlight reel of social media, which by third grade, everyone's been exposed to, you're living your life. And am I enough is starting to creep in. So you're born. I am enough. And am I enough is starting to creep in right at this third grade level. And what I do is I help grownups that have fallen into the ocean or got sucked out into the ocean of am I enough? I help them get back to I am enough where they start acting and achieving and going for their goals like they did when they were a toddler and a first grader and a kindergartner. So let's go back to the beginnings you had mentioned coming from Independence, Kansas. Talk to me about your childhood and what gave you these seeds to become a Marine, to become a motivational speaker, to help people. How did that happen? Yes, yes. Well, I was exposed to religion pretty early. Um, parents got divorced and that was really rough on me. I was about 11 years old and that was a that was pretty, um, it was rough on me. I, I didn't handle it well at all. And so I had a lot of wondering who I am. I was lost. And so I go on this spiritual journey. I was exposed to some great preaching and some great churches and stuff like that and kind of found, I mean, I was fasting when I was in fifth grade, I would go on a four day fast. It was, it was crazy. It doesn't make sense. No one does that at fourth grade, you know? And so I kind of had this evolution of finding my spiritual path early like that. And and loving my parents, my parents are brilliant. They were really young when they had me. So, you know, they they did the best they could with what they had, the tools they had. And then I started, you know, teaching Sunday school class and doing whatever they would let me do in the church. So I was kind of the leader in front of the pack. That's kind of my normal thing. And then I found sports where I kind of fell in love with my body and was able to evolve my body. And so, you know, I have this body going on. I have this spirit going on. And then I was learning soul, you know, how to have a connection with a teacher. You know, I wasn't the smartest kid in the class, but I had the best people skills. So I could, you know, influence the teacher and maybe to make a C, a C plus or a C plus, a B minus. And so I kind of learned this about myself as I'm going through life. And then that um, charisma led me to do at 17, I did this thing called youth quake and we had all the youth come from around and I had motivational speakers and inspirational speakers come to this thing. And I spoke at that. So it kind of was my first taste at being a speaker and, and, and inspiring people. And then I play football and as an athlete, you know, you get all these coaches, different influences and things like that. And I took all that in to, to help me evolve and be someone that was inspiring because I think it was naturally part of who I was from the very get-go. Yeah. So who's been kind of a hero for you on this path in your life? Man, so many brilliant people. First one I'd probably say is my grandma, Maxine. She she was this beautiful, strong, durable woman. And she was so kind to everyone. When my parents got divorced, she never picked a side, except maybe my side. You know, she would when when people would come and into the house, she was always welcoming them. So I learned this. Maybe that's where the charisma comes from. Maybe that's where the people skills come from is from her, you know. And then she's really durable. She lived to be like 92. And 
I would send her letters in while I was in the Marine Corps. And then I found out she had kept all those letters. So that meant something to me. I was her firstborn. So her and I had a special bond, you know? And then from there, um, one of my mentors, Jack Spencer, he was this brilliant business owner, brilliant husband, brilliant father. I mean, he was, when I was everything I didn't want to be, Jack Spencer had come into my life and he showed me what I did want to be and that I could be that. And so those two, I would say, are my, my, I would pick two heroes that have really impacted my life a lot. What's been the best advice that you've ever gotten? I, my dad would always say, and it would just roll off his tongue and it still echoes in my soul is the only limits you have are the ones you put on yourself. Yeah. And I would say that that, I don't know if he gave it to me as advice or if it was something he was working on and evolving in his own life, but for a long time, I heard that out of his voice and, you know, you, you look up to your dad. So that has an impression on me. So I would say that's one of the most powerful themes or things that echo in my soul that I try to live out of. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now, someone that really inspires you that you like, who would you love to meet and talk to? Oof. Man, that is a great question. I'm so <laughs> many. I'm going to pick Joe Rogan. I would pick Joe Rogan. Yeah, that'd be a good I, one. I love that guy. I love how he, he sticks to his way, you know, he doesn't get pulled side to side a lot. He speaks his truth. And I feel like he does it without judgment. Like he can have someone on his show and he doesn't judge them. So I would love to, you know, spend some time with him. I like his alpha male-ish. I like his MMA. I'm a big fan of MMA. So that's a connection that we would have. I like his family stuff. You know, the, some of the stuff he talks about, like protecting and and being the alpha in his family and stuff, I, I would relate to that a lot. And then I feel like he's open to like spiritual and work ethic. You know, the things that I really go in with my clients is spirit, soul, and body. And I feel like Joe is somebody that kind of taps on all three of those. Yeah. I think he's been such a cultural shapeshifter, so to speak. He's done so many good things. I think we're too close to it now, but when we pull the camera yes. back, Yes. I think we're going to see the the things that he's done because he's definitely done it his way. He's opened the door for everybody else to be able to do it their way and made that a viable option for humans. Yes, I, I love what you said there, a shapeshifter, because if you look at his evolution, that's exactly what's happening is he's shifting into those different. I love that. That's a brilliant analogy of him. And I like him. I just really picked him up probably about eight months ago. And I and oh, I really nice. want I just, I knew how popular he was, but I also knew that there was this controversy. I don't get it. I don't see the controversy. I don't see him doing anything that's too far right or left of center. Yes. I think he really kind of stays in this zone of trying to look everything from a, a, a deciduous place, uh, a, a good place. And he's yes. open to everything. I don't, I don't ever see him being like, nah, I'm not, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not into it. I think the only thing that I've ever heard him get upset about, and I've never, been seen the episode is if someone comes on there and they're disingenuous that's yes. when i know he doesn't he's like i'm out i'm checking out yes, yes. he out. called him out on that yeah i yeah. saw an interview with him um with um hulk hogan yeah he, he was very compassionate with hulk and he and he navigated you know where hulk was kind of limiting himself talking himself into a corner he was very compassionate and helped him get out of that corner i i was i loved i loved the way he handled that because Hulk Hogan's a kind of a, a folk hero, you know what I mean? 
And so to take him in there and to guide him, navigate him through that interview, I thought it was really brilliant. I love that interview. I actually sent it to my wife and it kind of provided a little fuel for me to watch that Ric Flair documentary yes. that came out. Have you seen that? I have not. Oh, you got to see it. I mean, it's, I will see it. I will see it right now since you said that. Dude, it's right up that Hulk Hogan Avenue and you realize how powerful he was. And even Hulk says in the documentary, no one was better than Ric Flair. And if you got Hulk Hogan saying that, that's that's pretty real deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, we're talking about these these figures like Joe Rogan and Hulk Hogan and these others that obviously have a lot of fortitude, a lot of motivation in their lives. What is that for you? What gets you out of bed every day? What gets you to want to help people and to meet the goals that you have for your life? Yes. Th I love this question. Thank you so much. This is yeah. this is brilliant. And I'm excited to answer it. What gets me up, what gets me motivated is when I stand in front of someone, set in front of an audience, you know, stand in front of an audience, set in front of someone, and they start to fall in, back in love with themselves. You know, they can look in the mirror and they start to love as they are their body. They start to love as they are their soul and they start to evolve and love their spirit because most people have neglected all of this. And so they show up in the mirror and they're just like shake their head in disappointment. And what I do is I start pulling back the am I enough layers and then they start to fall in love with their body as it is. Because when you fall in love with your body as it is, then it can evolve. But as long as you're resisting it, you've made the battle 40 times harder. They start to fall in love with their soul. This is a relationship they have and the relationship with money, with people, you know, with animals, all that is your soul. And then their spirit. You know, some most people that come to me have haven't meditated for a really long time and they think it's impossible. And after they sat with me for a little bit and I'm able to guide them through some meditations, they start to fall in love with their spirit again. So that's what fires me up. That's what I was put on the planet to do. And I'm really, really good at it. So what's been one of your best success stories? One that is special to you that always puts a smile on your face. Yes, yes. I have two. Uh, hopefully you'll let me tell both, but I'll tell the first one. My flagship client is this guy named Chris, and I've been with him for a really long time at the at the at the fetus of his business to his business now. It's been about nine years and his prison is a money machine. If he applies pressure, it is a money machine. And he comes to me sometimes and he's devastated. He uses that word. And he comes to me sometimes and he's escalated and fired up. And we took, we, we set our goals with him from birthday to birthday. And from birthday to birthday, this last time we did it, he doubled his income, the money he keeps in his pocket. And he went to the gym 150 hours over a year. Wow. And I want to tell you, Joe, he hadn't been going to the gym at all, randomly, sporadically. And because he started to fall in love with himself, because he started to honor his body he was able to go to the gym like that, increase his income. And as a father, he started dissecting his time so that he could spend more time with his sons. Yeah. I'm so proud of him. I love that dude. You should have him on here because he's brilliant and amazing. And I, he is my flagship client. I, I would do anything for this man to help him succeed. That's wonderful. So let me ask you this. Of all of the things that you've done and accomplished so far in your life, what are you the proudest of? Man, my kids are pretty amazing. I have four kids. The youngest one's 21. They, it's funny because as I'm parenting them, 
I'm a different human with each of them. You know what I mean? And then I see that how I was with them in them coming back at me, you know, one's resilient, one's durable, one's spiritual, one's, you know, loves music. And it's funny to see them come back at me, but they're all kind. They all are generous and love other humans and they're all an asset wherever they are. So I would have to say that's the thing that I'm most proud of. That's wonderful. So let's go back to that level of youth you're talking about. If you have a dream tonight, you run into a 20-year-old version of you and you take all the advice and all of the wisdom that you've you've taken in in your life, what advice would you give your younger self? Okay. Well, first I would tell him to buy Apple and Amazon stock as much as <laughs> possible. Don't spend money on anything except those two things. <laughs> After that, I would tell him to stay the course on his dream. Because at 20, you're so worried about what everybody else is thinking. Yeah. That when you talk about your dream to adults that have a tainted view of life, that have been broken and disappointed, they love you. And they, they, they think they're helping you by saying, well, you know, you got to be realistic or, well, you know, that's maybe a too big. Maybe you should go for something a little less. I would tell him to be tenacious about his dream, to be relentless, to never waver. And well, okay. A never waver is not realistic to every time you waver to get back on course. Yeah. Because his dream is going to change and save people's lives. Yeah. So you had mentioned being an athlete. If you could go back in the annals of sports history and be at one game, one event, one moment, what do you want to see? Oh, gosh. It's so <laughs> hard, man. <laughs> I am going to have to say Michael Jordan winning his last ring. I would yeah. love to be at that game and watch his passion after he's went away he yeah. comes back it's this beautiful story and he knows how to freaking win the guy knows how to win man yeah oh i'd love to be in the front row right behind the bench and see all that and feel it in my soul because yeah. i feel it in my soul right now i was not there any even close but man that would be amazing that would be amazing so as a motivational speaker what's the best speech that you've ever witnessed witnessed yeah someone else gave yeah i would have to say i saw tony robbins transform this woman right in front of us she was masculine her voice was low she had had a lot of rejection and disappointment kind of was against men had turned evolved not in she was still a woman and was you know but she had evolved these masculine tendencies to protect herself yeah I saw him him take her and she let her guard down. Her voice changed. Her face changed. It was a beautiful moment of her embracing her femininity again. Yeah. And it was profound. I mean, I, I you know the thing that about Tony Robbins is is that he always comes up still. You know, there was that time when I was growing up where I always saw the commercials and you always wonder when is that going to fizzle out but it's gotten stronger. I mean, can you imagine the amount of energy that he's transferred and brought in that has made him who he is? I mean, that yes. that's what blows my mind. 
Yes. And, and that's, you know, that consistency, you know, you have spikes and you have people that are fads and stuff like that, but then there's always that foundation, those guys that are just the foundation of this industry of this, you know, self-help evolution industry. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing. So let me ask you this. Everyone out there sees you in a different light. You have all these pockets of people, you have family, friends, clients, colleagues, Yes. All of these people that love your work, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? Yeah. I think I'm a compassionate man with a giant heart that wants to serve. And, you know, I know that if someone will let me in their life, I can help them fall in love with themselves. And, you know, I have my own struggles, you know, I have my own battles. I just had heart surgery on the 7th of June or July. They opened my heart up and they stopped it for 47 minutes. And I had to come out of that and go through the all everybody, hundred percent depression that everybody gets after heart surgery. Didn't know nothing about that, you know? And so I'm this resilient guy that keeps trying to have the evolution, even with every setback, with every disappointment, that's that's who I who I think I am, and I love that guy. I adore him. Yeah. So, if anyone wants to indulge in your work, reach out to you, learn more about you, anything, where can they go? Um, the website is themichaelbotsexperience.com, and that's the easiest place. You can leave me an email or something like there. I'm pretty active on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, it's called Go For The Big. It's this name of the title of my book. And on Facebook, you could just go to Michael Bots or Risk Takers. Those are both um, pretty pretty active on there. Michael, you're wonderful, man. I just It just emanates from you. Thank you so much for your story. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Best of luck with everything. Joe, thank you for your hard work, man. Thank you for the evolution from the neon jazz to the famous interviews. That's a beautiful evolution. And you're brilliant at asking questions. What you're doing here is part of who you're supposed to be on the, on the planet. And I'm honored that you would let me be a part of it. I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah, this has been an honor myself. Thank you. And best of luck. Hopefully we run into each other again down the line. Yes, I hope so. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Thank you.